Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Hyperfixation. This is a quick disclaimer before the episode begins. Uh, it is impossible. It is physically impossible to adequately explain the entire Five Nights at Freddy's timeline in 30 to 45 minutes. And that is what we are talking about today. And so I have come to the conclusion as your host that it is a wiser decision to split it up into two parts that is more digestible for our listeners as I may be powerful enough to listen to the, in the entirety of two hours. However, you may not be able to sit for two hours and listen to the entire Five Nights at Freddy's timeline. So I will be posting this in two parts on the same day. So if you can listen to the entire thing on one day, you have the option or you can stop and then continue on from uh, essentially we begin at security breach on part two. So um Thank you for listening to this disclaimer. I hope you enjoy this episode. I had a blast with Sleepy. And uh, thank you for choosing us and listening. And see you in a minute. Alrighty. Badoop. Hey, Roma. What's up? Do you want to learn about Five Nights at Freddy's? You bet your sweet grass I want to learn about Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> well, how you gonna, you going to play all the games? You going to go through all the books? You going to learn everything? How you going to learn? How you going to learn about that? Oh, no. I didn't think about that. Is there a way that I could learn about all that in 30 to 45 minutes? You could learn from me, your new friend. <gasps> I can! Freddy, you're supposed to be on lockdown. <sighs> Vanessa, how am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? Welcome to the Hyperfixation Podcast, where my friends teach me about something in 30 to 45 minutes so I can learn about all the wonderful things in this world through my friends and their hyperfixations. I am Roma. I am, I am, I'm a, I exist, and I use the they, them pronouns, <laughs> and I am here today with Sleepy. Hello, Hello Sleepy. Hi, hi. What pronouns are you, Sleepy? She slash they. She they? Yep. Oh, okay. And then you're going to teach me about... you. Gonna, I'm doing the uwu fingers. You're going to teach me about FNAF? I sure can. <laughs> okay. Well, first, I need to know. Oh, I also want the audience to know. And by audience, it's the secret audience. They're in your closet. No. Um, the listeners at home. <laughs> uh, how? So, I'm going to tell them how we met. Can I tell them that? Yeah. Okay. So Sleepy is Tony from episode one's coworker. And Tony has told me so many good things about Sleepy. And I was like, I need to meet them. I need to meet them immediately. <laughs> and Tony was like, no. And was like, oh, my friend. And I went, no, I want to be friends too. And they're like, oh, 
And so then, and so then Sleepy was texting them, and I said, "Oh, this is my chance." I stole Tony's phone, and proceeded to send pictures and video, and demanded attention and friendship and, and hijacking and hijacking. And then I got the phone number, and then we became friends. I love it. Yep. Yep. And then I was like, "Do you want to be on a podcast?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be on a podcast." Yes. So this is the first time I've ever heard their voice. <laughs> yep. I heard I heard you through the through the videos, but you saw a whole lot of my nostrils too. It didn't drive me away, don't worry. <laughs> All good. Forgive me. <laughs> and so when I asked you to join the podcast, I was like, what excites you? What do you want to talk about? And you and and I originally knew that I knew that you were super into Genshin Impact and then you were like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. And then you're like, I want to talk about FNAF. And I said, okay. So what got you into Five Nights at Freddy's in the first place? Where did this all begin? Where did the story start? Okay. So I'm a huge horror buff. I like horror movies. I like scary video games. I like it. It's my bread and butter. I like to get the little, ah, oh, scary. <laughs> uh, oh, spoopy. Spoopy, yeah. So... I love any of that kind of stuff, even if it's not something that I feel like I'm strong enough to play. I'll watch the heck out of somebody playing horror games. I love watching people stream it. I love watching people record it. I think it's great. It's got good stories. It's what I'm all about. Good spoopies. Yeah. You're much stronger than I am. I am <laughs> spooked very easily. I, I enjoy, like, an intense plot line. You know, like a, a you know, like I can I can deal with a little bit of thriller content when it's when it, you get to full psychological territory. Uh huh. I'm out. Three three. It's just one eighty degree turn. I'm out. See, I could do like I could do scary stuff. It doesn't mean I'm not jumpy, and it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily strong. Uh, I one time I was playing. Resident Evil 8, and there was one enemy that was just patrolling in a very arbitrary path. Like, we knew the path, but I was distracted, and it passed by too quickly, and it scared me. And it passed by again and scared me so bad I started crying. And I was like, what is happening? What's happening? I don't know where I am anymore. What's going on? Yeah. Oh. Spooky. I did try to play Village Resident Evil Village, mm -hmm. but I got to the cutscene where you walk up the snow, and I got motion sickness from walking through the snow, and I had to stop, and I was oh, very dang. sad. So I watched somebody else play it, um, which still made me nauseous. Oh no! I was so sad. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but hey, call vampire mommy for life. Honestly. Mm -hmm. But when did uh when did so, so you're a huge horror buff. Yeah, yeah. Where, where does Five Nights at Freddy's enter this timeline for you? Okay, so probably when the first game came out, I was like, oh no, that's not something I'm going to play because that was very jump scary, and I was like, no, that's not for me. But then the more like little Easter eggs. And little hints that we were getting in the storyline was like, oh, there's something here. And then as more games came out, it was like, oh, no, there's another Five Nights at Freddy's. But it was they were feeding us 
more story bits about it. And it was like, oh, there's lore in here. Hold on, there's lore. And so it became not necessarily about the gameplay, because the gameplay is kind of arbitrary, except for maybe a couple titles. Um, It became way more about the story and learning the little bits of information and finding the little secrets. And I actually didn't play a Five Nights at Freddy's until pretty late down the line. I was way more like, nah, I'm good. I'm I'm good with watching people. And then they came out with Pizza Simulator and Security Breach, and I was like, oh, these are going to be mine. I'm making these my games. <laughs> and I actually just got all the achievements for Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, so what? completed. Congratulations, you get a gold star. Thank you, thank you. Achievement unlocked. Spooky pizza. Wait, is that is it a pizza place? It is. Okay, cool. I was like, wait, did I get my lore wrong? That is pizza. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I have very limited knowledge of Five Nights at Freddy's, so of course, feel free to to tackle all of the points because most of it is like obscure knowledge. You know, like I know most of the characters. I'm familiar that purple guy is a person. Uh huh. Um, I am very familiar with Security Breach's cast, but strictly in like a himbofied fashion from TikTok. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that is a, that is a that is a good cast. That is a my favorite cast, man. It's very good cast. That's um, so good. So I'm absolutely open to like. However you want to lay it out. You can even talk to me like I've never heard about it before. Okay. And I'll be here for it. Um, Okay. Where would you like to begin? Uh, I mean, I can, I can give you the facts. I can lay it all out and then say why my favorite's my favorite. If that's the way. Okay. If you want to pick a spot and then run with it and then change direction, I'm here for it. I'm here to listen and ask All questions. Right. Okay. So I'm going to start at the beginning because that's the easiest spot to start from and not even like in the first games because I'll tell you right now that the games are not in order to the timelines. <laughs> Judas! <laughs> it is infuriating in that way, kind of. Uh, but it's like, oh, here's a game. Here's a prequel. Just kidding, that wasn't the prequel. Here's the prequel. It just here's the sequel. This is in the middle and it is the pre-sequel. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not gonna name year dates. I'm not gonna name games per se, because it'll get confusing if I'm like two and three and four and six. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna lay out a fun little story for you. I'm here for it. Alright. So uh in the beginning. There were two two guys, and that's uh, Adam and Steve. Well, <laughs> Adam <sorry>. and Steve, <laughs> uh, William William Afton and Henry Emily. William has three children, and Henry has one child. Henry actually has two children, but we we only care about the one. There's a lot of that of like oh, no. characters that exist but don't ever get mentioned again. So that's like eh, you made me. There's been a, there's a lot of talking and theorizing and debating about what events happen when chronologically to start this kind of domino effect of a regular family man into a murderer. Two of William's children 
will die to his own creations. William comes up with uh, Afton Robotics. He's really into making the animatronics. He does the whole show and dance for that. Henry's more about the business side of things. He does create Fazbear Entertainment. And together, these two forces come together to make Fredbear's Diner. And this diner is very well known for having animatronics. And there's two. Um, there's a Golden Freddy named Fredbear and a yellow bunny, which the general populace refer to as Spring Bonnie. Okay, yeah, because I know, I'm pretty sure the bunny was blue, right? Yes. Okay. Well, purple, but ah. yeah, eh, you know, pulp, blue, uh, but they're springlock suits, so they can be full-time animatronics on the stage performing for most of the day, and then if they wanted to go out and greet the children at a birthday party, they could push all of the big, huge metal parts to the sides using these spring locks that are hand-wound. Mm -hmm. And then they could go down and very authentically be like, hello, child, it is me, animatronic, without there being much like dissonance between how it looks. Mm. But that's also incredibly dangerous. <laughs> As you would imagine. Yeah. So, William creates all of the original cast as well as the circus cast and fun time animatronics. He makes Freddy, Foxy, Chica, Bonnie, and then Circus Baby, Ballora, Funtime Freddy, and Funtime Foxy. So are they all at the same location or no? In the beginning, yes, but they make two separate locations where the original cast is supposed to be at one and then the fun times are going to be at the other. And at the same time, he, they also developed the toy animatronics, which are Freddy, Bonnie, and Chica, and Foxy? I think so. Which have updated security systems. But that's later. Later in the plot. We'll get there. <laughs> so, whichever death you want to go with happens first. I'd like to think that Evans happens first, but it could be Elizabeth's. William has three children, Elizabeth, Michael, and Evan. Evan being the youngest, Michael being the oldest. And okay. William creates an animatronic specifically for Elizabeth. It's supposed to look like her, and it serves ice cream, and this oh. and that. And he's, like, very sweet about it. And Elizabeth's like, I want to see it. And he's like, no, you can't see it. Don't ever, don't, no, you can't. She's like, but isn't she for me? So, there's that. That's happening. But also at the same time, Evan, who is his youngest, is absolutely terrified of his father's creations. He thinks they are scary. He hates them. There is a whole game that revolves around you being Evan and being subjected to these nightmare animatronics that come and try to scare you and are, like, garish and huge with these many, many, many teeth. Oh. And you're basically living a child's nightmare. Why did they make that game? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's important. Uh, and you learn through that game that William has these stuffed animals that are around the house that are of Fred Bear, the Golden Freddy, that he's using as cameras to watch his household while he's at work. Oh. So not like the healthiest 
no. household. Uh, which people are like, oh, well, you know, William has never been a stable man, it seems. Has never been a very nice person. Uh, which, sure, yeah, he could be. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, And Michael was like, oh... I see an opportunity as an older brother to scare the shit out of my smaller brother. No. And so dons the foxy mask and jump scares his brother around the house and generally torments him and terrorizes him. That sounds like an expensive therapy bill. I don't like that at all. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be more expensive in a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, I generally think this is the first first in the line of events to make this domino happen uh evan goes to work with his father william does not care that michael is terrorizing evan in fact he's like if it keeps you away from my stuff if it keeps you from touching things that's it's whatever yeah sure terrorize your brother i don't care and one night michael gets his little group of friends together and they're like oh is the widow baby crying is the widow baby hiding and Evan's like, please, I don't even want to be here. I hate this place. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> and you like this. Michael and his friends take Evan and they're like, oh, you know what? I think you want to give Freddie a big old kiss. I think you do. I think you want to give him a kiss. So they all <laughs> grab Evan and shove him head first into the animatronic's mouth. Oh, no. And. The animatronic closes its mouth and it crushes his head. Uh, oh, he doesn't no. die. Doesn't oh, die. That's worse? Worse. Um, and so he's in a coma for unexplained amount of time. Uh, but you keep playing the nightmare game and the very last night is like the night that it happens and pretty much the only character that's terrorizing you is the Fred Bear uh nightmare that's happening. Oh. And then there's a cutscene that plays of different stuffed animals talking to him which is his family talking to him in his coma. No. And the very last one is the Golden Freddy plush and it tells him like how sorry he is and that you will be put back together. Is that is that the dad? Right. That is oh. that is that is the dad saying we'll we'll put you back together. We'll put you will be put back together. Okay. So I to 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 interject for just a brief moment. Sure, go ahead. Uh, like like I, I I've said before that I have a very vague knowledge of Five Nights at Freddy's, and this is definitely one of the things that I know like very little to none about. Uh-huh. And I'm already super hooked on how this storytelling is going. I know this is not the <laughs> the, the direction that the story is told in uh-huh. initially, but I understand. I understand yeah. why this is extremely fascinating, and I'm very excited to hear more. <laughs> right, like. The way it starts is very innocuous, even though it's like, oh, we had a re-reopening due to some uh, gas leaks. So, like, they paint it as being like there's something deeper happening here. Yeah. Uh, But the more games that came out, the more lore came out, which is funny because that creates a series of 
theories where people were trying to piece together the story with very little pieces. Okay. And so it's incredible how the story has come together from, like, what very little information we used to have versus now, where it's like, oh, I'm sure that the Golden Freddy is just Freddy. That's fine, right? It's just, he's just yeah. spooky Freddy. It's not like a... Yeah. No. And then we find out more and more and more, and it's like, oh, that oh, is no. pretty important. Oh, guys. <laughs> um. So, Michael killing Evan is known as the bite of eighty-three. A okay, so Evan didn't make it. Evan does not make it. No, the little boy, the little baby. Yep. Okay, and he eventually is put into the Fredbear costume. They can do that. They can do that. Or Kansas explain. Okay. It's it's something that happens. <laughs> okay. I try really hard to explain it in the books about magic of remnant and like the remnant of your soul and that you can put remnant into things and then your soul will be attached to things. I'm going to say that in the vaguest way possible because I didn't read those books. It sounds kind of like a golem situation if I... If I if from an outsider perspective, you know, like you put the you put the the little the beep bop boops inside the mouth and then bing bop boop, you got yourself a golem. It's it's a very bad way to describe it, but that's okay. I mean it sounds right. That's how my brain is is accepting this knowledge. But I'm sorry, I interrupted. Continue. You're fine. Um from that point on, William becomes very interested in learning about remnant. And so he develops the circus cast, which is Circus Baby, Ballora, Fanta Freddy, Fanta Foxy, to have these, what's the word I want to use, like capsules in them that were specifically designed to capture children. Oh. And that's not super great, but he was like, I need to figure out a way to put my son in the costume and I'm seeing things that are happening and I want to, I want to know more. Why we chose children to work with, uh, nobody knows. Maybe because that's what we had to access to. It's not good. It's not a good. Zero out of ten. But still interesting. Right. So, and then the next thing that happens is Elizabeth, who was very excited to see Circus Baby, sneaks away from William and is like, my dad said that I can't see this thing. Now I really want to see this thing. So she goes off and sees Circus Baby all by herself. And there mm -hmm. is a very good line of dialogue of Circus Baby talking about how she was always very acutely aware of how many people were in the room. And I'd like to say that these have to be like extremely advanced animatronics in like even if we're saying, oh, by the time that circus baby is talking, Elizabeth's already part of her on the remnant. Uh, she still feels confused and like a, why did that happen? And if they were like perfectly programmed robots, I don't think that they'd have confusion on their own protocols. But yeah, uh, Elizabeth 
enters an area with Circus Baby all by herself after a party leaves, and Circus Baby extends out some ice cream to her, and Elizabeth's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool, and she goes to take the ice cream, and a big claw comes out of that compartment and sucks Elizabeth into the robot. Oh my lord! (laughs) And so now, Elizabeth is inhabiting Circus Baby. And William's like, oh, for fuck, fuck, ah, my children, oh. Again, freaking again. Yeah. Uh, but this time he has nobody to blame, because he was absolutely blaming Michael for the first one. He threw his kid under the bus. I'm so sorry, but he threw his kid under the bus for that one? I mean, wouldn't you? He doesn't tell yeah. anybody, obviously. This is very kept under wraps by everybody. Nobody knows uh. this is happening except for Mr. Afton. <gasps> Judas. Okay. Um, Henry might know that something's going on, but he just thinks that there's accidents. He's like, damn, man, that, that sucks. I'm so sorry for the loss of your children. He's like, yeah, me too. But then, you know, you go from, oh, a grieving father to, oh, you're unforgivable in every way possible. Sounds Sounds about right. So he had already been developing these robots that were intended to capture children. Mm-hmm. And Henry, his business partner, eventually finds out that that was their purpose. And he's like, hey, man, what's this capsule thing inside the... Ro- what's that for? What? Huh? What'd I do? What'd I do? And he's like, uh, you know, it's just, you know, to catch kids. Uh, and they were like, In no. a normal way. <laughs> Yeah, and Henry's like, no, no, I want you out of there. I don't, I don't want to work with you anymore. You, you, I'm not going to tell anybody about any of this, but you get out of here. I don't feel comfortable working with you anymore. I don't fuck with you anymore. Uh, this kind of builds on William's madness, because he's like, I've lost two children, now I've lost my job. All right. Um, so... Henry rightfully thinks that William's going to try to retaliate. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm worried about this dude. He seems unwell. <laughs> he seems to be in a bad headspace. So he creates the marionette, which is a long, lanky, puppet-like animatronic. And this puppet has one specific purpose, and it, it is to protect his daughter, Charlie. Mm-hmm. While she's at the pizza because we always bring our kids to the pizza place because we work there and so mm-hmm. free pizza. Um true. And meanwhile, the toy animatronics, the updated Freddy, Bonnie, and Chica, who have the upgraded security system, are kind of filled in with William's data to like make sure that he doesn't come back in. And the marionette sits in like this huge party box and so the lid lifts off the box and the puppet comes out of the box in like a very dramatic fashion and it roams the pizza place every night and it looks for Charlie's little wristband that she wears and one night something is put on top of the marionette's box so it does not come out and Charlie gets locked out of the pizza place no and as it so happens William drives by in his car he goes, oh, Charlie, it's me, Mr. Afton. And she come with me. Mm. And the marionette is far too late. Uh, 
marionette finally breaks out of its box, goes outside. It's pouring rain, so its circuitry does not last very long, but it goes around the building to the side of the building where it finds Charlie dead in the alleyway. No. And the marionette, doing the only thing that it knows to be programmed to do, just kind of curls up around Charlie. But through the magic of this game and how it works, now Charlie is inside the marionette. Okay. And Henry does not know about this. Henry does not understand any of this that is happening. Uh, But it's very sad and tragic. So if we're keeping track, Evan is inside Fredbear, Elizabeth's inside Circus Baby, and Charlie is inside the puppet. At least they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So, and in this same wind of breath, the bite of 87 will happen. Which, there's really good theories, which come from the phone guy tapes, which are like the automated messages that play before your night starts. That the security guard who was working at the time, his name is Jeremy. Fitzgerald. He was working as a night guard. And like on the very last night before last, the phone guy talks about how you'll be working at a birthday party. And he's like, oh man, you don't have to even do much. Just just make sure the kids don't get in trouble. You know, just keep an eye on them. Just, you know, keep out of the way. You can stand by the animatronics. Nobody's gonna care. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the bite of 87 happens where an animatronic takes a bite out of somebody's frontal lobe. Hey, yo, that's a and big the, bite. It's a big bite. And they survive also for an unexplained amount of time. But it's also like a, a very known line of like, it's incredible to think how long somebody can live without their frontal lobe. It's like, <laughs> thanks for that information. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Isn't that like a thing? Did you uh, sidetrack? Side note: the guy who had like the train spike go through his brain. Yeah, and yeah. It was. It feels like partially kind of like, wow, this is like a science miracle. Like we've learned so much about the brain. Like you can miss a whole chunk and still keep existing and just be a little angrier. Yeah, but this is a little different. Or like that guy who like was using a nail gun and got like a nail. Up at, like in his head, and he was like, "I was bleeding, but I, I just thought one like hit me. I didn't think one went into my head." And they were like, "Yeah, no, there's a nail up in there." And he was like, "Huh, okay. Guess he can't get a MRI anymore." Wait, so was it an adult or was it a kid who got bit? An adult, quote unquote. Would really gotta think that it might be Jeremy, just because he was working the birthday party and he was told to stand near the animatronics. Oh, and so that's like a <clears throat> he was there kind of thing. I see. So I see. I see. I see. And at the same time, we then learn that William is doing some not nice things. What not nice things are he doing? <laughs> so the Fredbear and Spring Bonnie costumes are pretty old tech at this point, so they're just kept in the back room in this like dingy little storage room. Uh, the ceilings are leaking. It's pretty gross in there. It's just like an old storage closet. And William is like, I think I can do more. I think, I think 
I can do more. So William dons the Spring Bonnie costume and lures a group of five children to the back of the pizzeria one night and murders them. As you do, I guess. As you do, I guess. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Sure. And then, through mystical, magical means, either puts the children in the suits, or the children are specifically not in the suits, but the marionette, the puppet, Charlie, is like, I'm not going to let you live this miserable existence. I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you purpose type thing. And Uh puts the souls of the children into the animatronics of Freddy, Bonnie, Chica, and Foxy. And also puts another soul into Fredbear. The sorrowed Fredbear? There's two in there. So it makes more sense that in the first game the animatronics are trying to kill you. Because in the first game, you've through lots of learning we learn that the security guard who is working during the first five nights at freddy's is michael afton who is trying to figure out where his father is and what in god's name he's doing because michael's kind of picked up that some weird stuff's happening Mm -hmm. and the animatronics are like you look and smell a lot like the guy who murdered us Oh. kind of remember a guy who looks like you and so that's like the whole the animatronics are trying to kill you thing is because you're Michael uh, wait so just to make sure I understood this correctly yes. so the in the first game you are in fact Michael yeah okay. and that's Michael Afton right that's the theory and okay. game theory yeah I have one more question Sure. Unless this is going to get answered later in 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 this hyperfixation, uh huh. So I did play the first game when uh-huh. around the time it came out, like not immediately, but you know I gave it a shot. It uh-huh. spooked me. I got through like two nights, but I distinctly remember the game mechanic where you only had so much battery through the uh-huh. night to turn on lights and look at cameras and open and close doors, and then after that you're screwed. Yes, is that explained? Like the power situation? Yeah. Is it just just mechanic or is there an actual, like, is that part of lore? It's mostly just that Fazbear's is a cheaply run business and that it's uh, mostly mechanic that you look at the cameras, hit the doors, make sure you're not sucking enough power out. Okay. Um... I'm happy with that answer. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this, a lot of stuff is just that Fazbear's has a really bad way of business. And it's just like very cheap, very dirty. We're running this fast and messy. Like everything smells like college sweat. Here we go. Yeah. Um, Mr. Afton does not get caught for the five children's murders, even though everybody's like, you're the one who has access to this place. <laughs> we think it's you. And Henry is definitely like, I think it was you, man, because he saw that the animatronics had the child catching capsule in them, and he's like, uh. but nobody thinks to look inside the animatronics. Because, uh, I don't know. They just don't. 
Eh, why would we? Right. So then... <laughs> the games kind of progress. And the next big thing that happens is that Michael, still looking for his dad, goes and works in the storage facility where the circus animatronics are being kept because he's still like I need to follow all of my dad's tracks I've been to the pizzeria I need to go and see this other place that he worked at the second location the sister location if you will and while Michael is poking around in that facility circus baby in particular is kind of like oh we thought you were someone else but now we know who you are. And you got to remember, that's his sister. So she's like, ah, your ass in here. Okay. Hey, yo. Um, Wait, I want to double check something. I think I got two people. So Michael Afton is the dude shoving people into suits. William Afton. William. Okay. Yeah. The other. The other. Okay. Now, for a second there, I was like, wait, the bad guy, but not the, the bad guy. The bad guy's son. Okay. And William, who will become purple guy, simply because the security vests at Fazbear's are purple, perhaps. And so uh-huh. he's just the spooky purple man. While Michael is poking around with his sister Elizabeth, who is Circus Baby, William is like, I gotta cover my tracks. I gotta figure out a way to make people not know that those kids are in there. So William goes back to the pizza place and starts dismantling the animatronics. Ayo. And tries to cover his tracks. But in dismantling the animatronics, he (laughs) gets ambushed by tiny children spirits. Damn right. (laughs) And they scare him pretty bad, which I think anybody would be spooked by that. A lot of children scare me already. Like, right. And so he runs into the back and in a, I'm panicking, they've cornered me. He hops into the spring Bonnie suit and he gets up and he thinks he's safe inside this big robotic suit. But the suit's been sitting in this dingy back room collecting mildew and gross and all of the spring locks fail, essentially crushing him to a pulp. Yay! Oh, shit! <laughs> but now he's in the suit. <laughs> so, Did he get logic. magicified into the suit? Yep. Yep. <sighs> so, it's like, yay, he's dead. Aw, oh, he's in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. And Henry eventually stumbles upon him and must somehow see it move or like understand that it's him in there and he's just like yeah you know what i think you deserve this i'm just gonna lock this door okay you you be good in there all right bye I'm, i'm just gonna bury this and never think about it ever again and builds instead of moving him or getting him help or anything like that builds a wall in front of the sa- in front of the room that William's in, and essentially walls him into the pizzeria. Uh, you know, it's savage. That's pretty savage, right? Said, so, you know what? We don't need cops. I no. am judge, jury, and executioner, dude. Yeah, you know what? You look like you're suffering. 
Bye. Enjoy it. Yep. <laughs> um, I think because also Henry kind of has a mind that he killed, that William killed his daughter. So he's probably like, yeah, you know what? I think you did do that. You just suffer a little more. You enjoy that. Right. Have a nice time. So Michael's poking around with the circus animatronics. And there is one theory that's not supported, but I think it's a cool theory based on like audio lines is that Mrs. Afton, Michael's mom, is also Valora, but that's not facts. That's just a fun little fan theory. And I think that that's neat because there's a couple that are like kind of really weirdly maternal to Michael, but also Circus Baby calls her by her name. So it's like, why wouldn't you just call her by her mom name? But you know, whatever. Hmm. The events of this game play out and eventually all of the animatronics get scooped and then you end up in the scooping room. You, Michael, and Michael gets scooped. Which would kill him. But all the other animatronics had been scooped that day and had created this amalgamate form known as Ennard. Oh? And Ennard crawls into Michael and Ennard becomes innards. That's... Uh, but they basically inhabit Michael's corpse. Even though Michael's still Michael. So it's like a reverse situation, almost. They said... Uh, once more, opposite as before. Let's right. see what happens. <laughs> and so they escape using Michael. And they just sort of walk around town with him wearing his meat suit. And they're like, I'm a normal man. Nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and these are all children, for the most part. Uh, well, Elizabeth's in there. Okay. Uh, so that's all. It's like confirmed, so... Kingdom Hearts got to take notes on this. <laughs> and then eventually Michael's body just becomes too decayed because he was a living being and not a robot. And Ennard either gets tired of it or sees that people are like fearful of Michael because he's a walking corpse. And yeah. they shoot themselves out of his body and go down into the sewers. As you do. As you do. And Michael... <laughs> Through the mystical, magical power, survives this. <laughs> he's just a decaying corpse, but he's alive. He's still Michael. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then the events, the, the next series of events happen where they go, Hey, you know what? There's been some atrocities with the uh, Fazbear Entertainment pizzeria uh things you know what we should do i know it would be a good idea let's make this a haunted house we could make a haunted house out of this pizzeria yeah let's do that so they're like they make this attraction known as fazbear's frights where they go "Ooh, the scary animatronics from your childhood are out to get you ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and um Basically, it's just a little fun house, and they're like, we need a night guard. And Michael immediately is like, a Fazbear's. I need to go there. Mm -hmm. Driven by whatever power possesses him to keep going. Jesus. And they hire him. <laughs> sure. I'm sure if a spooky man came up to my establishment and was like, I need to be your night guard to work your scariest shift, you'd be like, yeah, sure, man. You look pretty scary yourself. You, yeah, it's good. That's a good idea. 
you look hard. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And then one of the knights, they're like, oh, we found the best score. We found a real one. And what it was, was they were looking for old animatronic parts, which are decorated in the rooms of Fazbear's Frights. But they find a real one. And what it turns out to be is Spring Bonnie, which will now be named Spring Trap because of the Spring Lock incident. Uh-huh. But they find William Afton, and they're like, what? we'll put the real animatronic in Fazbear's rights. It'll be scary as shit, man. Then people are going to love that shit. But now they you did, have freedom. They, they broke down a wall. Yeah. They said, yo, nothing sus about that one. <laughs> they said, oh, there's something behind this. Let's do it. And then, so, William Afton is free again, the bad guy, big bad. And Willie, or uh, Michael is like, you. I know you. And uh, basically has this plot to try and kill Springtrap. And he's just trying to survive. But it doesn't work. <laughs> nope. And at the end of the game, Michael's still around. Springtrap does not die. She tries to get Springtrap. It doesn't work. They escape. And so, once again, uh, Michael is roaming around as a living corpse. Springtrap is now loose on the general public. Ennard is living in the sewers, so loose. And the puppet containing Charlie's soul is somewhere. Existing. Existing. And in the middle of that, Ennard spits out the part that is Circus Baby and Elizabeth. And this could just be that they were, like, talking. The conglomerate is talking, and they're like, oh, you're related to that guy? Uh, get out of here. We don't want to be associated. Get, get out. <laughs> or they have, like, a disagreement or something. So Circus Baby gets all the scrap material and becomes Scrap Circus Baby. And the remaining parts of Ennard are now this molten Freddy. It's just like this spaghetti mess of wires and then a little Freddy face and a hat. Basically. What? And Henry is like, alright, this is, I can't just sit down anymore. I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta get up. Hold on. I gotta try and wrangle all this together. And so he creates the, this pizza place and pretty much everybody watching him do this is like man Fazbear's already has like a really bad name like did you see that haunted house they built like a little while ago that got destroyed like I don't think there's good publicity here man and he's like no 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 I'm gonna we're gonna try one more time make a pizzeria I, I'm just I just want pizza and hearing that there is a, another Freddy Fazbear's opening, Michael wanders in and is like, I want to be... And Henry's like, yes, of course. Come on in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Come on. And you basically go through the motions of creating a pizza place. And part of the mechanic of that game, it, it's... An entirely different mechanic game than the other ones. These other ones, you've been sitting in an office with a little camera, shutting doors, making sure nothing gets you. 
This one, you're like designing a little pizza place. It's almost like a little pizza sim. It's very cute. But there are mini games hidden in it that are very scary and tell a different story as to what was happening. I love that. And one of the main gameplay points of that game is that there are animatronics that are one that are found outside in the back and you need to see if you can salvage them for scrap. I don't love that. (laughs) But basically that is all of the animatronics that are loose being like, oh my god, a a Fazbear's? My calling. I need to go. (laughs) You know, your vibe attracts your tribe, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) We're truly. Um, So... Circus Baby comes back, Molded Freddy comes back, and Springtrap comes back. With also a fourth surprise guest, a completely black Freddy Fazbear type suit that is just called Lefty. And what we find out is that this animatronic has been built for the sole purpose of going and catching the marionette that was Henry's daughter Charlie and bringing her here. She just she didn't want to go back. Wherever she is, she was like, nah, I'm good here. And he was like, no, 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 you need to be here too. Come on. Uh, so, builds this animatronic to specifically capture the entire marionette and then bring it to this location. Well, wait, so who made it? Henry. Henry? Mm-hmm. Is he, is he falling off his rocker a bit? And, uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So, uh... In the true ending, you salvage all of the animatronics, and there's this incredible cutscene that plays of Circus Baby talking to Michael and her being like, you played right into our hands. You played right into the... We just wanted to get rid of you so that you're out of the picture so that we can perform our true purpose. And then there's like this whole spiel where she's like, I'm going to make you proud, daddy. And it's like, you're the murderer. Uh, it's not really great, man. And then Henry cuts in and gives this beautiful, like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you've actually been playing in my hand. And it's like, he got all of them in one place so that he could trap them there. And all of these steel doors start shutting. And the heat starts rising, and he starts to burn the building. And he's like, I can't let you wander around. I can't let you guys suffer. I need to clean this up. I myself am also in this building, and I'll go down with you. My daughter Charlie, I will be reunited with you. It's this glorious, really touching speech that really puts this perfect little bow on the series as a whole. Like, it's... Wow! Done and over with. And all of them die in the fire. But then they don't, because Fazbear Corporate, I guess. What? So, that ends that, like, saga, I guess? Okay. everybody so this episode of five nights at freddy's and i've probably already announced it in advance uh i have cut it into two parts 
I have made a promise to you all that these episodes would be 30 to 45 minutes. And the conversation we had about Five Nights at Freddy's timeline has come up to be a grand total of two hours. (laughs) So I'm going to cut it here and put the outro bits. And part two will be posted in the same week. You'll see it right after this one. So this gives you an opportunity to take a little break, drink a little water, do a little stretch, or pick up the Five Nights at Freddy's timeline um, later this week if, you know, listening to the entire timeline might be too much in one sitting. So, thank you for listening. Um, You can find this podcast as a whole at the Hyperfixation Pod, or I'm sorry, the Hyperpit... The Hyperfix Pod on Twitter.com. Um, you can find me at I Appreciate Your Butt, I A P P R E C I, the number eight, U R B U T T, at the Twitter.com as well. You can find our dear friend Sleepy at the Twitter.com forward slash, forward slash Sleepy Sharks. That is S L E E P Y S H A R K S S. So sharks with two S's at the end. Um, and also, if you want to discuss Five Nights at Freddy's as a whole with us, uh, go to our Discord. The link is in the Twitter description for the Hyperfixation Pod, and you will see a thread there where we were talking about the entire Five Nights at Freddy's timelines. Um, and thank you again to the Moonshot Network for stealing energy, stealing, for acquiring energy from the Moon's Core to power this podcast. Um, and of course, if you have any questions, feel free to message, message us on Twitter, Discord, or email us at thehyperfixpod at gmail.com, and we will get your answers, questions, questions answered <laughs> as soon as possible. Fuck. Um, be safe, everybody. Don't die. Drink your water, and we'll see you in part two. Alrighty. Thank you.